millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. to the basketball addicts podcast yes sir the one podcast in the world that answers the only question that truly matters is how you can outside the finals you can't even get in how can you get from outside the finals you can't even get in and we can't even go there today because we are watching we are witnessing the nba finals right now game two the heat took game two um the denver nuggets won game one so now we're tied one one we have game three starting on June 7th, I believe that is Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday we have the, we have um game 3 and me and Jason do not agree on this series at all. <laughs> and um for once, I'm not even going to pass it off. I'm going to start right now. So this right. is where I'm saying right here. Denver Nuggets in 6 and I'm going to say that they're in 6 because Jimmy Butler is like he's not your normal star right a lot of times when the game matters you know what i mean when we've seen lebron do this we've seen you know curry well not curry because curry really doesn't really come through in the clutch kevin durant let's say booker Giannis, those type of guys like that they really like when they get close to winning they hit a different gear. You know what I mean? Like, we saw it in the beginning, like, Jimmy Butler was hitting, like, this different gear. He was like, wow, he's a superstar. You know what I mean? And then he slowly fell off. And here's where I'm saying he fell off at, right? <clears throat> Starting with the Celtics series. I looked it up, did some research. Um, the last game that they won, the Celtics, when they won, beat them 4-3, game 7, Jimmy Butler had 28, I think, that, no, I think he had 28 that game mm-hmm. or the game before. And then he's been on a 16-point consistency since then. Yesterday, he had 21. Now, you may be thinking, like, Chris, it's not really bad for him to have 20-something points. But I'm saying, like, if he's a star, you would want him to lead. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In the sense, you would want him to jump out and say, listen, this is... This is me. This is my team, you know? And I'm not really getting that vibe from Jimmy Butler since they beat the Bucks, since they beat the Knicks. You know what I mean? We start seeing that, and then Celtics, he slowly, I don't know if he got humbled or maybe he got hurt. Maybe there's an injury that we don't know about right now or something like that, but he's not been that player in a while, in a few games now. About three, four games, he hasn't been that player. Twenty one's not bad, but for I mean, like it has me questioning things, right? And this is where I this is why I think that Denver are going to win because you have a decent supporting cast. I get that, but they shouldn't be outscoring your main guy. If you get what I'm saying, like Caleb Martin had twenty three led all Heat players. I think Jim Bam Adebayo had twenty one yesterday. Caleb Martin has been very consistent. This is what I was trying to see when I kind of want to see out of Jimmy more. I want to see him really take on the role of this is my team. I'm that guy. I'm going to score these points. I'm going to make sure we win every game. And I'm not really getting that. That's why I feel like even though you may look at it and say, well, he, they're, this is great because they were able to win without Jimmy. I feel like if Jimmy can't turn it on soon, they're not going to be able to beat the Denver Nuggets. How many times will Jokic has only scored, has only lost in a 40 point, 40 plus point game three times? He's dropped 40 and lost three times. 
that doesn't mean that every single time he drops 40, he's going to lose. So you're going to need Jimmy to come forward and step up in these big moments because the game, just because you got Caleb Martin and you got Duncan Robinson who can get hot, don't mean that every game they're going to show up. Don't mean, but you need Jimmy to show up consistently. You need the consistency from Jimmy that we have not been getting in about three, four games. And that's where my worry comes in. But I'm not worried because I'm a Denver Nuggets fan. I want the Denver Nuggets to win. And I think that they have proven that they can turn it on and be consistent. Jokic has been consistent throughout the entire playoffs. No matter what, he has been that player. Jamal Murray has shown up. He has shown that he is that player. Their supporting cast has shown up. They have been consistent. As long as they can consistency, Denver Nuggets will win the title. I have Denver in six, and that's the reason why. All right. Do you have anything else before um, I move on? Go ahead. Okay. So, you know, game one, personally, I feel like that was one of the better losses could have had. Um, Everybody knows that you're going into Denver game one. There's the oxygen issue. They're, they live in Denver. Like Denver Nuggets have a legitimate home court advantage with people coming over to play in their home court. The uh, oxygen, the inability to breathe correctly. Um, so going into game one, for them to have a night where they shoot 25% from the three-point line and about 37% from the field, and be down by nine points and hold the game to less than 100 points scored really um, was a great sign to me because I talked about previously to the series about pace and how the Miami Heat and the NBA playoffs were going to be able to hold the Denver Nuggets to a lower pace than what they have been using to win and beat teams like the Los Angeles Lakers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like the Phoenix Suns, like the Denver Nuggets. A lot of the ways they beat them was pace and allowing their team to play fast and playing up and down the floor and you know things of that nature. And in game two, you know, Jimmy did not have a great shooting night. I think he shot like thirty seven percent from the field, had twenty one points. Um, you know, but he still affects the game greatly with assists, with rebounds with uh, defending. He's always been great at that. And I can understand where you're coming from, but this is playoff Jimmy we're talking about. This guy has way too much of a long list of time frame of him having um, dominant playoff series. So I'm not as worried about it as you are because of the history there, because of the eye test. It doesn't look like he's hurt to me. It just looks like he's and a cold streak. And the fact that they were able to win when he was cold is just so ridiculously impressive to me. And they definitely showed a few things of the Eric Spoelstra is already widening the gap on Mike Malone. Um, a few ways that they're widening the gap on Mike Malone is the uh, kid they drafted from Kansas. 6'6". Uh, what's his name? Do you know his name? He's a Rotational piece. What he the Heat drafted from Kansas? No, Denver. Denver, hold on. Denver. He's a Gringo. Nuggets. <laughs> Denver Nuggets. They drafted no. him last year. This year, yeah, it's a rookie. Was not okay. Bruce Brown. Uh, Kansas. Christian Braun. Yeah, Christian Braun. So mm-hmm. we're talking about Christian Braun. Offensively, he's a good three-point shooter for them, but defensively, I mean, that guy got ridiculously exposed for that game. I mean, the amount of times I see Duncan Robinson getting able to cut freely to the basket in situations that he normally wouldn't against uh, an experienced player, and all the off-ball actions that they put him through, and just, like, literally attacking him as a defender, um, leading to... Gave Vincent to get like a few free looks at the three-point line. This was a close game. The mistakes Christian Braun had and the ability for the Miami Heat. I mean, they've, they've put him on Jimmy sometimes and switched him on Jimmy and said, you're the weak link and there's nothing you can do about it because you're a rookie. You're 6'6", but he's not a great athlete, but he's still a rookie. So he's mm-hmm. easy to get to 
make them value. He's easy to, you know, be overly intelligent then and to expose. And everybody on the Miami Heat, 1 through 12, is ridiculously intelligent and smart. So if they got somebody that's not as smart on the other side, they can and will expose them. Um, and that's what we saw um, because it was it was really rough from Christian Broad defensively. I mean, that was the difference in the game. It was a close game, and that was a difference in the game. Um, another difference is I I think they defended the hell out of Jill, Jamal Murray. Um, I also saw I had the same idea, and I saw Steve Kerr talking about it um, on a podcast about game two, and like them coming out with the idea that they have to they're gonna blitz Jamal Murray more, and because Jokic is gonna do what Jokic does, right? Like you can try to. Make him a score, even though it's going to be really hard to force him to only score throughout a game, even though that's kind of what happened tonight because of how well the Miami Heat guarded the passing lanes. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Yoke just going to have an amazing impact on the game, every single game, offensively. There's nothing you can do to stop it. But Jamal, Jamal, if you double him, if you if you blitz him and you try to... You know, if you put a lot of pressure on him, it's going to be harder for him to score. And that's what we saw last night. I mean, other other than two bailout threes that, you know, he normally doesn't make late in the game. He had like 13 min- points with it, like a minute 30 left to go when they needed to chuck up threes to get back into the game. So their strategy worked and they shut down the Denver Nuggets and their ability to sh- play off Jokic. You know what I mean? They really shut it down. And defensively, they have their number right now. They did it at Denver when the role players, we all know, at home, role players play their best, right? Mm-hmm. They did it at home against Denver, game two, when the role players should be playing their best. They have their formula down. It's going to be a low-paced game. It's going to be a lot of a lot of highly intelligent plays. They also make Nikola Jokic run up and down the floor. You see Bam sprinting up and down the floor a lot on purpose to wear Jokic down. Uh, they just do so many things. It's not just one thing. Eric Spolstra has widened the coaching gap. And I understand where you're coming from, uh, Jimmy. But that man has way too many years. Of him doing great things in the playoffs to not be able to expect him to do it in the next few games. Um, the way that the Miami Heat team, as a team, is so amazing and able to beat them without Jimmy doing his thing like he usually does was just so ridiculously impressive. Um, so, you know, I'm still going Heat and Six. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Denver doesn't have a way to counter Spolstra. It doesn't have uh, X and an O's move to battle Spolstra that they win the next four. I wouldn't be surprised if they win in five. Um, in five? In a top of, in a, I know what you're saying, but they have the, they have the Denver Nuggets down right now. Like, that was... Yeah. That was shutting down Denver. Uh, you know, even though I may not look on the statue with it comes to Nikola Jokic's stats, but they are accepting the fact that they can't stop that guy. But <clears throat> the way they guarded Jamal Murray, um, and on top of everything else, Christian Braun, he has to be on the floor. They don't have anybody else to throw out there. It's not like they got a bunch of wings, capable guys that can come off the bench and you know, take his spot. So he's going to keep on getting exposed. They're going to be able to keep on getting really easy buckets when he's on the floor by exposing him defensively in every single way. On ball, off ball, movements, pick and roll screen, screens, everything. Um, You know, I think it really made a huge difference. And Mike Malone's a good coach, but he's not the kind of coach that can go, you know strategic battle over a seven-game series with Spolster when he's got you in a vice grip like this. And they at Miami Heat have them in a vice grip going back home. You know what I mean? They took home court advantage. So now they're going back home with 
the strategic things in place right now. Um, it's coaching excellence. I, uh, you know, I gave Vincent great player. Duncan Robinson had a really great moment last night. You know, hit some really big shots. Max Cruz had hit really big shots in the first quarter. So this is this is a great team that we're watching. Um, and you know, their ability to win when Jimmy's just okay or below average for himself is amazing to me. Uh, doing it at their home court. I don't think it was a fluke in the sense of how hard Denver had it to score. I, I, because this is what I talked about before the series. I talked about how they're going to not let them go in the fast break and they're going to suffocate them, right? And, and that's what's happened in game two and game one. I mean, you, they might have lost game one, but it was Denver didn't score more than 100 points. Denver didn't score more than like 105 in this last game. I think it was like 107. 108, 111. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's about pace. You don't see the fast break stuff as, as right now coming from Denver because they're just controlling the pace and making them go against the half-court defense and they're executing better than them. And I just don't see Denver being able to go back and forth with them coaching-wise and be able to execute better than them. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat win in five, but I'm still sticking the Heat in six. Denver in six, the Cinderella story ends now. <laughs> what makes you think take... with all all the history of Jimmy that he's he's not going to show up? He's been cold the last couple games. Like, 21's not bad, but he hasn't really shown me. Like, he hasn't really stepped out. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'll say I'll give him one game. I'll say he'll he'll step out, you know, in Miami, and we'll get a game. He'll drop like 36, 32, or something like that. But there's, you can, look, Spolstra can win the coaching battle, right, with Mike Malone all day, right? That's fine. But he also has to win <laughs> the coaching battle with Jokic. Jokic is an on-the-floor coach. He, he's like, he's, a, he's the floor general. The mind he has and the IQ he has for the game of basketball is absurd. You yeah. know, like you can, you, you don't. It's it's different. It's levels to it. So I'm still giving it to Yoke. I'm thinking. Look, I give Jimmy Butler one game in Miami. He's going to drop like 36. Then Denver's going to run away with it the rest of the series. Denver and six. Okay. Denver yeah. and six, man. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Um, obviously I disagree, yeah. uh, but man, that's what this is. Yeah. It makes this podcast fun. No, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But me personally, man, I, I think that we're seeing the differences between the two teams. There's just a gap there. So would you agree though, that Denver is the better team, right? No. Dear goodness, no. No. No, 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 no. Because the better team is Stephen the team that wins stay the off series. The, weed. the better team is the team that wins the series. Yeah, but Denver is the better team. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Okay. No. Because stay stay off the weed. Okay, let me ask you this. By the way they're playing in the series. You might say Jokic is the best player. We'll say Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler's the second. Yeah. We'll say Jamal Murray's the third. Yes. Okay, so then Gabe Vincent, uh, Duncan Robinson, Max Strews. Uh, is it Caleb Martin? Caleb Martin, Kevin Love. Oh, we forgot to mention how important Kevin Love was in that last game. Adding size to the floor. Um, shooting threes. Uh, definitely, because they they kind of exposed in game one the switch uh, and trying to get Aaron Gordon in a lot of good post positions. So having Kevin Love's length out there kind of helped um, push that away. Like the way that Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Max Strews, and 
uh, Bam are all playing right now are all better than the Nuggets are playing as players. Yeah. Like, it may be because of a coaching advantage, but the players have to execute what the coach is saying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and they have to be capable of doing what they're doing on the offensive end. And they're a different type of team than the Denver Nuggets and a team that I believe in more in a general sense anyway. And what I mean by that is I believe in shot creators. I believe that you need shot creators to win NBA championships, playoff games, because their ability to turn zero into one and their ability to not need a schematic scheme that can be shut down by really high-tier coaches. <coughs> Spolstra, you know, is a difference here. Uh, Gabe Vince yeah. is a shot creator. Caleb Martin's a shot creator. You know what I mean? Like, Max Struess and Duncan Robinson may not be, you know, amazing shot creators, but they're amazing guys off ball. And, you yeah. know what I mean? And they draw so much attention. So they have more value than just a standstill three-point shooter. And, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is having a weak series. KCP's having a weak series. You know what I mean? And that standstill shooting and that, that dynamic... I don't believe wins championships as well either. So, you know, uh, I think Miami has the advantage here. Bam's a shot creator for himself as well. You know, Jimmy is too. They got a lot of guys. Um, That's why everybody's like, oh my gosh, watch this guy get hot for a game. Well, they're a shot creator and they're seeing the ball go in the rim and they're just feeling it that night. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. they can become greater than what their names are because that's how their game works. You know what I mean? Uh, So, yeah. I understand. I understand it's the Miami Heat. I understand that the names aren't that great, but this is a great team. The way they're playing right now, I do think they're the better team. I understand that you think they're be- Denver is the better team, but I think Miami is the better team. It's just a Cinderella story. It's it's uh True. It's excitement. It's excitement. It's um you know, it, it gets you like invested cuz you're like, "Oh my god, you think the Miami Heat are going to win?" but I'm telling you, <clears throat> Denver has has another uh, gear switch that they can hit, and when they do, it's it's over. I understand what you're saying. Team. I understand. I think. I think. I think Miami shut down that gear. No, you haven't seen it yet. I think we. I mean, we saw Jokic's best. What do you mean he saw his best? He did the same thing against Phoenix, and they won the series. <laughs> he lost with 40. He's only done that three times. He's only That's dropped 40 I mean, and lost three we times. Saw his individual best, and they lost. Yeah, just individual best. But team best is different. I'm saying Miami, in my opinion, has shut off the Denver Nuggets' ability to be their best as a team because of the way they played. Mm-hmm. Look, we'll see. We'll see at the end of this uh, six-game series when the Denver Nuggets raise the um, title. In <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely see it when the Miami Heat win that title, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We'll we'll see when we see uh, Denver and Jokic get a ring, and Jamal Murray gets a ring. KCP get has two rings, you know. And then um, the Miami Heat fall back to fifth place next year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they only show up in the playoffs. (laughs) They show up in the playoffs. (laughs) The rest of the time, they just disappear from the world. (laughs) They do disappear. (laughs) They do disappear. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) honestly, though, we got to give them a ton of credit. Like, for sure. The Miami Heat for getting this far and like having so much belief as a team, team mm-hmm. culture, you know what I mean? The ability to draft undrafted players and develop them like they do is kind of unseen. Like there's no other franchise that's doing what they do. Most teams yeah. get their most of their great players from the draft, first round draft picks, you know. Think about all the teams that are tanking, you know what I mean, to try to get high draft picks because that's the only way they can develop them. Like, it's insanity to have so many guys that are undrafted players be this good, but it's a great example of their great organization, great development of talent, 
ability to identify talent that's being missed by in the draft um, and developing guys that fit their culture within all that too you know what i mean so it's pretty amazing what's happening uh i i can't remember a time where there's been a team so great organizationally that they've been able to produce so many like so many quantity of high quality both guys and it's just really yeah. to see oh well, i mean spurs <laughs> um in recent memory spurs I can think of. Spurs. Yeah, but I I meant from an undrafted sense. That's where it. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Um, Spurs are really good with the late draft picks, those sleeper guys. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they do draft good, um, really good role players, even to this day. They do. And that's why they suck. But I do want to <laughs> say, like, yeah, I completely, <laughs> I agree with you though, that uh, that the Miami Heat do need like a, you know. They they do deserve like you know credit a lot of credit considering that their road to the finals wasn't the normal road to the finals. They mm-hmm. had to play two play in games. Yeah. Then they got matched up against the number one seeded <clears throat> Milwaukee Bucks. Beat them somehow. Yeah. Then cakewalked <laughs> to the Celtics. Oh yeah, cakewalk. Mm-hmm. Beat them somehow. <laughs> Yeah, and now they're playing the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Yes, they have a serious chip on the shoulder, and look, in some cases, that could lead you somewhere. But I, I mean, like they just get the credit because Spo, Spo is a fantastic coach. He has to go down all time now, especially if they oh win. Oh my goodness! And I'm yes. not expecting them to win, but if they if they win, he's he's all time now. I mean, he was already all time, but he moves up that list. In my opinion, okay. he has to be like I'm, top five at I'm least. Curious. Okay, I'm gonna throw out names, top five coaches, mm-hmm. just to just to see where he moved on. Okay, is he gonna be better than Greg Popovich? No, not yet. Okay, so it wouldn't be one, in my opinion. Um, oh, Pop is one in your opinion? Oh yeah, Pop's one in my opinion. It's what ridiculously about, rare for a coach to be able to change his schemes depending on the talent of the team, like Pop does. Yeah. So what about Red? Red Arbach? He'd definitely be on the list. Uh, I would probably... Yeah, it can't be better than Red. He but can't be so... ready than Red. He has 11. <laughs> he was so great at identifying talent, too. You know what I mean? I love it. So... I don't know. He might have been a better talent scout than he was a head coach, but it's really hard to tell. Yeah. Because uh, they did a great job of scouting talent back then, and they definitely had more talent than everybody else, which was due to yeah. his eye. So Very true. It's hard to know which one he was more amazing at, but we'll leave Red above him, just because you know, yeah. it's hard to determine which was which. So Red Pop. Okay. What about uh, Spolstra? I mean, not Spolstra. Kerr. Mm. That's tough, right? That's tough. So wait, so you put Curry three? What about um? I'm just throwing Phil Jackson. Oh, oh you're throwing names yeah, out. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil Jackson's got to be Phil Jackson's two for me. Okay, so okay, wait, 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 wait. What's your top five? I know where you're kind of getting <laughs> off track, but what's your okay. top five? I'll give okay. you my top five. Okay, my top five coaches of all time would be Pop one. It would be Bill Jackson too. I mean, uh huh. That triangle offense he ran was ridiculous. Revolutionized uh, basketball. Go ahead. Uh, I probably put red three. Mm, I I put Steve Kerr four mm-hmm. because of the recent blunder. Um, I used to probably have him three, but. You know, yeah. it seems like he might be a little rigid to that system and not being able to fit the talent within the system correctly. So, and then I'm going to go five Spolstra. You know what I mean? I used to have guys like AC Green here. Uh, yeah. Pat Riley was a very Pat common Riley. choice for that. Um, yes. He did great things with the New York Knicks as well um, in the Miami Heat as well as like a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to have, yeah, those two guys. George Carl would be in the conversation. 
Uh, I can't think of a another guy that coached forever who did a really good job coached Elena Hawks and when he had Dominique Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins. Mm. Lenny Wilkins was a great coach for a long time. Uh, always made his team the best they could be. So that's what I would say my top five is. What do you think? What's yours? That's a decent. That's a decent top five. Um, we have virtually the same. It's just there's a little bit of switch of the okay. one through five, because you can't like I feel like you can't have a top five if you don't include these five. So okay, it's just gonna be a different order. Red one. Ooh, okay. Pop two. Phil Jackson three, mm-hmm. Spo four, okay. five Kerr. Okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Like I feel like you can't have a top five if they're not in your top five. You I know, guess like you're I just feel like it's you know, or yeah. like because Phil Jackson's been coaching for a long time, so like you be like, who did he coach? He coached the greats, so you like yeah. he coached Jordan, he coached Kobe and Shaq. I mean Jordan and Pippen. So it's like if you look at oh who's the who was the coach when Kobe won all the rings. Bill Jackson, so it's yeah. like you might as well mm-hmm. like he has to go on the list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Phil Jackson's ability to fit that because in each team the talent was so different, right? Like Mike's a great scoring two guard, which may be like okay, Mike and Kobe is similar, but Scottie Pippen's like a point forward that he had to fit within mm-hmm. that offense, which he did very well. And then he had no center with the Bulls, and then you go to Shaq, which is like a world-class center, one of the greatest centers of all time. Running a system on him and Kobe and all the role players. And then he had to go from that to like a Pau Gasol, power forward, mid-range, shooting, nice passer, <laughs> highly skilled pose guy with like kind of a Swiss army knife of offensive abilities, um, scoring-wise, where you can kind of score from every level, which you know, wasn't like a perfect fit into the tribal offense, but he made the talent fit, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, that's why I really believe that even though Phil Jackson always ran the same principles as a system, his ability to fit that system to multiple different types of players was really impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, was I have a question, right? The thought popped into my mind. Could LeBron fit the triangle? Oh dear goodness, yes. Emotion offense that's that's that's, that's uh you know meant to make passing easier? Yeah, yeah. Dear goodness, yes. I mean he'd be Scotty Pippen, except better. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, top five. <laughs> top five. Spo will be four for me though, honestly. Like without a doubt. Spo will be number four. Yeah. I mean five. I definitely feel like all of these coaches are in a different league, except maybe Pat Riley might be within this group too. Where, but where well, they set time, it would be Pat Riley. Yeah, I mean, but like the eye test of these coaches is they separate themselves to a very high degree in their mm-hmm. own group. These five and the way that they make their team the best team that they can be, maximizing all the talent there to an even higher degree than what anybody thought you know what i mean like when he got michael everybody thought michael was not a championship player right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that was the thing that was like oh he just only cares about scoring you know what i mean and he got six rings out of that guy i mean and Shaq had a similar thing where people called him soft and his style of play can never win rings and he can never be in shape enough to win rings and he got the very best out of Shaq, right yeah. And he got the very best out of Kobe, who had a similar thing after Shaq, you know, got done playing. People were like, oh, okay, Kobe's a inefficient guy. He needed Shaq to win rings. He'll never do it again. And he's maximized the talent. You know what I mean? Like, he True. is a... He's special. And all of these coaches are like that. Red Albrecht has 11 rings maximizing the Boston Celtics talent. You know what I mean? Greg Popovich mm-hmm. has a bunch of rings being able to maximize the talent on the team and building te- different teams, like... They went through the Twin Towers phase, two post players. Then it went around uh, Tim Duncan, okay? And then, Tit- and then then Tony Parker and Mono became better players. And then it became, okay, well, Tim Duncan will get the ball, but then I'll use Tony Parker and Mono to their best of the abilities to win rings. And then later in their career, it was about ball movement and passing because they had so many three-point shooters and uh, good passes like Patty Mills and Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard when they were beating the Miami Heat. So... 
you know, each yeah. coach on this list does amazing things of maximizing the talent on their team um, to a degree that other coaches just can't do. So, you know, that's mm. where they separate themselves. There's a gap there. Yeah. That's true. But can we agree that if we don't put Pat Riley in the top five, he's at least number six? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he did a great job because nobody played like Magic before Magic, right? Like, he had, yeah. he built a whole system correctly around Magic. As Kareem was going downhill, he gave Magic the reins more offensively. Um, mm-hmm. He did a great job with that team. I know it was talented, but he got everybody to work together correctly and you know they got he brought that toughness mentality that they also needed to beat the celtics who were extremely tough um and what he did with the new york knicks i mean dear goodness getting a team to the nba finals patrick ewing couldn't get to the nba finals without it without him you know that team wasn't that great it had alan Mm -hmm. houston it had that one enforcer that i can't think of his name right now um and that team was just very subpar talent-wise, but they played ridiculously physical, and he got everybody to work together. And then you go into Miami, and the way that he got that team always playing the best that they could as well. I mean, Pat Riley's uh, on this level as well. He's coaching Berlin. So. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Number six. Yeah. And yeah. it's not even close <laughs> between guys who six and seven. Like George Carl's not close. Lenny Wilkins is not close. You know, it, those guys are not close. There's there's nobody yeah. really close to those six. Those six are in a different group. Oh, for sure, as well. There's top six. Yeah. yeah. And Spolstra's in that group, man. Spolstra's amazing. Just so impressive. It's just amazing to see. So I want to do something a little different, right? Okay. We normally already predict the game, right? We predict the series, actually. But mm-hmm. let's predict the game. Okay. Game three tomorrow, right? You think the Heat will win. I believe the Heat might win as well. Yeah. Because I'm giving them at least one game. Yeah. What? Do, how much do you think the Heat will score? 108? <laughs> 108 again? You think? Yeah, uh, they're gonna hold Miami to uh, about 100. This is about, very predictable. They play the same yeah. style of basketball every time. It's not like, oh wow, one guy's. You know, this is the Golden State Warriors. Ooh, I wonder tonight they get it hot. Maybe it's 120, 125. You know, no. The Miami Heat play their style, and it's gonna be around the same points every game. Fair. Yeah, they're gonna I win give at home. Denver one fifteen to one twenty. Really? Yeah. If the Denver Nuggets win, it's gonna be one fifteen to one twenty. Oh yeah, if they win. Yeah, I think they're going to. Ah, we could agree to disagree, Chris. <laughs> I don't know, cause I just feel like the. The reason why I think 3-1 is possible, I mean 4-1 is possible, is because the Miami Heat will get two home games, if I'm not mistaken, back-to-back. And I wouldn't be surprised if they sweep both their home games. Because uh, their role players are going to play better than what they've been playing before, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they already, I think in my eye test-wise, they've been the better team for the first two games and just shot really poorly in game one. So, I that's why I think I wouldn't be surprised if they win at five, because of uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they go three one, right now. It's just I understand. I'm not we, leaving Miami three one. I under I understand what that you are you think Denver's gonna win. That's what makes the podcast fun. But I I I think there's a chance that they're going back to Denver three <clears> one. <throat> okay, look. This is my prediction, right? Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? 2-1 Denver. The Miami Heat tied up on the 15th. Is, okay. that, is that what it is? Or the 13th. The 13th. Miami mm-hmm. ties it up on the 13th. They go back to Denver. Denver sweeps the next two games. 
Denver uh, 4-2. Denver in 6. All right. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like how the the natural conversation went to an unplanned area with the head coach, so I think that was good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got to get Spo his credit. I mean, what he's For done sure. now and earlier in his career. I mean, he wasn't as great with, like, the LeBron years, which kind of makes me sad. Because, like, mm-hmm. what if you had Spo today with young LeBron? I'd be like, oh, my God. But, yeah, you know, and also, to this is a great example to other teams in the league. Your one, year two of a guy's coaching career might be not be world-class, but if you give him enough time, a lot of these guys can develop into, like, a Spolcher. You know what I mean? He's been given so many years and so much trust. Over there in Miami, and you know, they're kind of like Boston, where they understand how to develop coaches and not be reactionary and allow their coaches to grow and develop with with time. You know what I mean? They do a great job of that. Yeah, um, they have a great understanding of that, just like Boston does. So it's great to see. A lot of yeah. more NBA franchises should take that model. Yeah, because I'm against the firing of coaches, but. I'm sorry, J- Joe Mazzula. <laughs> yeah, they hired Ime. They did. They would have. It's not like they would have. Oh, year one, he takes his NBA finals. Ah, fuck him. Fire him for this. <laughs> right? Like, no. Right. Ime would have stayed if it wasn't for the uh, off-season shenanigans. So. Right. Uh, here we are. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> here we are. But, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm very against the firing of coaches. I feel yeah. like, and I said this before on previous episodes where I was going off about how I'm tired of coaches being fired. You mm-hmm. know, like they, they what happens is they have a star yeah. instead of blaming the star for underperforming, they blame the coach, fire him after he went. Like that's why you just that's why coaches don't feel any loyalty to teams. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. and I would stop <laughs> caring either. about the coach of the year award because it, it doesn't matter. Because yeah. how am I the best coach for a whole entire year and get fired? Dwayne yeah. Casey, case in point. How does that happen? <laughs> no, just because I can't beat LeBron is my fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. LeBron got that man fired. <laughs> he hasn't yeah. recovered since. True. But yeah, it's so, been a lot um, of coach firings. So, is there anybody news on who the Suns are hired? Um, yeah. So I don't know if you heard or not, but Frank Vogel is like the front runner, or he's been hired by the Suns to be their coach. I sent you the clip. <gasps> I thought, oh my god! Sent- Wait, no, no. Yeah, I sent you the clip. Check your phone. I sent you the clip like a couple days ago. Kevin Young on Frank. Oh my god, you're right. They hired Frank fucking Vogel. Yep, Frank Vogel as the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Do you not and know that he only knows defense? What the hell? This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to get him to teach them guys defense over there. Oh, and Monty Williams was a Detroit. Defender? Yeah, yeah, Monty going to Detroit makes sense, though. I mean, rebuilding, he's not going to be pressured to win right now. Uh, he can go hide Steven away and Silas do a great job. Assistant? Yeah. And I but, think Steven Silas is the assistant there. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To get Steven Silas to develop some more, but Frank fucking Vogel. You, you fire Monty Williams, who's a world-class coach. A guy who took that team into the bubble, got really hot with them, developed the young talent, got Devin Booker to play with winning basketball, built a system around CP3 and Devin Booker, um, led that team to a world-class one seed, NBA Finals. I mean, that team, (laughs) they hired Frank Lugget Vogel, man. That guy can't coach. Let's uh, let's just get out here and say, especially offensively. Like, that guy yeah. is a terrible offensive coach. Um, he doesn't understand how the team... And when your team is the Phoenix Suns with Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who none of them are great defenders, or they're all, like, kind of above-average-average-ish, you needed to hire a coach that was a good offensive guy to make their offense, you know, gel and work. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's amazing that they hired fucking Frankel. I mean, that's... If you want to have him as your top assistant to run their defense, cool. But he shouldn't be touching the fucking offensive end at all. This is ridiculous. I can't, I can't believe I just... Yeah. Frank Vogel is the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. And, uh... I mean... Off talent, they'll make it to the playoffs, but they probably won't go anywhere else. Yeah. 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 I I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) This is is wild. Firing Monty for fucking Frank Vogel, man, is ridiculous. And Budenhoser still doesn't have a job. Yeah. I... I... I mean, maybe Budenholzer goes to what's his base, uh, Boston. But they're not. Fi- they already said they're not firing Joe Mazzulla. Really? Yeah, they said they're gonna stick by him. They said they're gonna give him another. They're gonna they're gonna uh, stick by him. They're not gonna fire him right away. Wow. That, that's so Budenholzer he still doesn't have a job, and there's like no I hope he's not. Yeah, no job, no job. Maybe he doesn't want to coach right now because I mean, uh, maybe he doesn't want to coach. Maybe maybe he's done for a little bit. <clears throat> maybe he goes to the Wizards. I mean, yeah, if they offer him a job or something like that, but <clears throat> but I think that he might be wanting to step away from basketball for a little bit. This is my thought because I haven't heard him in any like rumors. Like since he got was fired, I haven't heard him in any rumors about a possible head coach. Like nothing. Like yeah. and Boonehoser won a ring, so I mean, like you would want that championship pedigree. He's probably like not taking calls. He probably doesn't want to coach right now. Yeah, it's wild. Probably take some time off to spend with the family because considering that he just lost a very close family member, is hard to recover from that right away. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Yeah, he shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that with Milwaukee firing him. Uh, yeah, they made mistakes. Them and Phoenix, really bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, this might be, you know, you know, something that I talked about before with you about Giannis is, you know, what I mean, like. That core of that team is old. They're older than Giannis. Yeah. So there's going to come a point in time where they're not going to be a championship team anymore because the pieces are not going to be the same. And if Boonholzer is not there as well, this might be three or four years from now when he may leave, this might be the first you know, crack in the armor. Of This was the first mistake that was made, which is firing Boonholzer. Um, yeah. He's a really great coach. I mean, I don't consider him a top five coach, but definitely eight to twelve. He learned from his mm-hmm. mistakes. You know, most coaches don't do that. Um, he grew. He, he. I just Boonholzer built a real, that winning system that they have right now. So it's it's sad. It's sad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very sad, and yeah, just, I'm just tired of seeing these type of headlines. Where people are getting fired, and after they give their heart and soul to an organization, mm-hmm. yeah, but, hey. I couldn't agree more. I have no clue where he's gonna go, but no, yeah. I'm sure he'll find a spot. Either he waits a year, or he takes a year off, or he goes and coaches somewhere. Um, it was. It's a really. It's a crazy year. Yeah. Um. When is the draft? When is the draft? Is that coming 22nd. up? Twenty second. Twenty second of this month. Yeah. Wow. You know something wow. crazy? I'll tell you off podcast. What? Off podcast. I'll tell you off podcast. Do you want me to tell you on the podcast? Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me okay. Tell me. So as you guys know, I do NBA draft stuff, and like, I had sixty four guys already scouted. And 15 mm-hmm. of them pulled out, like, of the guys, especially in second round. I have one guy at 16 on my board. He pulled. He went back to college, too. Taron Chin, really high on him. But, wow. Like, so I have, like, a completely 
knew, been like, oh my gosh, totally new guys in the second round. I gotta watch a bunch of guys now, so I've been super busy. But we're gonna give you that great content still. I definitely think part of it is the NIL deals. These guys get their pay, mm -hmm. get paid in college, and if they're not really gonna be sure that when they get drafted, they're gonna make the NBA, um, you know, I would stay in college too, right? I would stay in college until True. you're a senior, so I think that's part of it. And, you know, the transfer portal as well. I mean, there's specifically one guy from Richmond who's a little slower, but shoots the hell out of the three ball. It's like six, 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 seven. That was going to probably go late mm -hmm. second round or be undrafted. But now he's playing in Villanova, right? And he's going to get a chance to prove himself more. And he's going to get paid big money by Villanova if it doesn't work out NBA-wise. So um, I definitely think that the depth of the second round will never be the same again because of the NIL deals, but I think it's good for the players because I think they should develop their best potential before going to the NBA. Yeah. Uh, that's true. That's true. I wouldn't mind seeing him stay and develop a little more in college. What's that one guy? Isn't he his name like Imani Bates? Didn't he, isn't he entering the draft this year? Yeah, he is. Mm, that should be interesting. He's, he's definitely a... Everybody has very controversial opinions on him. He's... he's Anywhere from 20 to, like, 60 in NBA mark drafts. Wow. People have very different views. Hmm. <sighs> I wish we could be talking about the NBA draft right now, but I'm not going to give away the scoops. <laughs> Man, don't give it away. Don't give away too much. Don't give away too you much. You can hear the player breakdowns whenever uh, we drop that stuff for draft. Which is going to be exciting. Top 30 big board. Definitely going to want to check it out. Alright. Alright. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Chris? No, I'm pretty much pretty much done. I think we pretty much covered everything so far. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think we covered all the news right now. <clears throat> Alrighty. So just wanna say thank you all mm -hmm. for listening yet again, for tuning in, for following, liking, and subscribing and doing all that good stuff. Yes. Um really definitely appreciate that. You know, everything you guys do as far as commenting and you know any type of interaction we all greatly appreciate it and we see you we appreciate you we notice you um just want to say Denver in six all right <laughs> my name is Chris Mohammed and I'm Jason Collins and the Miami Heat are winning in six <laughs> no they're not we are the best ones peace Ouch. planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.